for this podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people or both, whether you're married or single, fullness or emptiness, whatever your particular circumstances, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You will be hearing from ordinary women living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you catch each of these amazing testimonies every week. Today, I will be talking with my brand new friend, Amanda Voss. Amanda lives with her husband and three kiddos in Eugene, Oregon, and I was privileged to meet her on my recent trip out there to be with my family. My sister, dear friends with Amanda, connected us together, and I was immediately captivated by her story. She is an incredibly warm and inspiring person, living a beautiful life of purpose right in the place where she's at. We talked about her family, raising a child with special needs, and her heart for empowering and encouraging others in similar situations. I know you will absolutely love her. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my new friend, Amanda Voss. Well, hello. This is my brand new friend, Amanda. I'm so excited that you are willing to be a guest on the show. Amanda and I just met through my sister. So welcome to the Made for This podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you as a guest on the show. My sister and you have known each other for a long time. And I happen to be in Eugene, where you live, and she set this up for us because you have an incredible story. So, welcome. So, will you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Thank you. Um, I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) So, thank you. Um, My name's Amanda, and I am married to a man named Nels. We've been married for almost 12 years. Oh, wow. Just this month, thinking, oh my gosh, next month is 12 years. Oh my goodness, congratulations. Thank you. Big for us. Yeah. Um, And we have three boys, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay, that's busy. Yes, it is super busy. Super, super busy. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about them. Okay, so my nine-year-old, his name's Taylor, Uh and his, he's besties with your sister's son, Jeffrey, and they love one another. Um, Taylor is really independent, really smart, really fun, really well-behaved. Like, yeah. his worst day is many kids' best days, oh, you know? that's so fun. He's one of those perfect older, you know, oldest children. Yeah. Um, Ollie, his real name's Oliver, but he goes by Ollie, and he is seven, and he's a delight. He just loves to be with people and yeah. hang out and love, love people and be loved. Yeah. Um, and he has special needs and is deaf. Okay. And then Henry is my spitfire. Uh-huh. When we were trying to decide if we were going to have another kid, uh-huh. and we decided to do it, I remember I was bargaining with the Lord saying, now you see yeah. that <laughs> our hands are very full, right. so it only makes sense to give us a very easy third kid uh-huh. because he will right. integrate so well that way. Yeah. And Henry is not easy, and he's not... <laughs> oh my goodness, the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And... It's so fun because he's like exactly what we needed. He Aww. he's like a sweet boy, but he's like the first kid I've ever had that is spirited. And I used to think that just meant naughty. I didn't understand that spirited actually just means spirited. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Know? Like, right? Yeah. High, high, low, low. Sweetheart, big love. Is he one of those all what all caps or exclamation point yes. kids? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He is. He is intense and yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, so how does that play fun. out? Like a spirited. What does that look like in, our house? in your house? Yeah. Well, like, you know, so he's two years old and Ollie's seven and has special needs. So Ollie uh-huh. has learned how to do things very slowly, which I'll get into later. But Henry will take it upon himself to help him, like, do, oh, okay. do everything. Like, hey, Ollie, you want to stand up? And he'll, his little 30 pound body will be trying hard to lift the 60 pound body off right. the floor to go do something. Yeah. Or, so he'll be a little wor- world changer mm-hmm. to take on. Totally. Yeah. There's no obstacle yes. to challenging. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. just so excited. Like, he has to stop and tell you, like, the other night we're on a walk, and he goes, he stopped and turned around his tracks, he's like, I'm having so much fun on this walk, Mom! And you're I just like, that. yes, <laughs> me That's too. Yeah, yeah, so. we've had some friends 
that that's how they describe their kid as exclamation point. Like you said, highs yes. are all caps high and lows yes. are all caps yes. low. And yep. everything is full emotion to every single interaction. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that yeah. is him. And, that, and he will. He'll be a world changer someday. Yes. Yeah, these yes. are the future CEOs of America. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I'm but, so yeah. thankful. Yeah. And then just learning how to channel all of that in the right direction. That's yeah. the trick, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm so excited to hear more about your family. So tell us about you and your, are you home with your kids full time or tell us about what your life looks yeah. like? Yeah. Right before I had our first kid, I lost my job. I was a youth pastor for a oh, long okay. time and it just so happened that the funding went away for that. Oh, so wow. I lost my job, which turned out to be such a blessing because all of a sudden I just had to be home. So, um, and we had planned on me being home. So I'm home full time with the kids. Uh-huh. I do a little bit of part-time work for a deaf and hard of hearing program. And yeah, I'm just home. And wow. I'm so thankful for yeah. it. Well, and it, we'll hear later how that's played out to be yes. <laughs> a blessing and a benefit yes. yeah, to your yeah. situation. So, okay, so you have three kids, one of them being a, a go-getter. What's one of your most ridiculous parenting stories that you've ever had? Mm. Trying to manage <laughs> life with all of the variables. You have a lot of things all going on in your home. Yeah. Okay, well, this one is so funny. Before I even, I don't even think I had, I don't think Ollie was born. Maybe he was born. Anyways. Taylor, my oldest, he was a toddler, and I had just gotten him out of the bath. And so I'm toweling him off, and he wanted to be just like Daddy, so we tied the towel right around his waist, because okay, Dad wears right. a towel on his waist, you know? <laughs> okay. And then I ran out of the room, out of the bathroom, to go get some clothes, and I come back, and I hear, like, water uh-huh. dripping from somewhere. Oh, dear. And I'm looking at Taylor, and he's, like, kind of licking his chin and licking oh, his dear. face. And I was like, what? Where did, where did this water come from? And I look... And I grew up with all girls, so I don't always know how different parts work, but I had accidentally tied a certain something upward. Oh, my gosh. Only to find that he had peed on his own face and was licking his face clean. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's a really good mom fail. Oh, I've never even heard of that before in my entire life. That's the most fantastic thing. I was not expecting that at all. That's so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. It's a really funny story in sign language, too, because sign language is very theatrical for storytelling. Oh, my so, god! My oldest likes to tell that story in sign language every once in a while, and it is a hoot. Oh, my god. <laughs> Gosh! Oh yeah, I wish we could. I wish I could do a video demonstration of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we'll find out later why you need or why you have learned oh, yeah. sign language mm-hmm. in your home. That is amazing. That's yeah. amazing and terrible I mean, and terrible. Yeah. But yeah, it is amazing. It's like <laughs> so funny. Oh my god. We still laugh about it. Well, oh, that's so funny. That's really mm-hmm. funny. That oh, and you were just. I That's know, what was so just close. You're just trying job, to, yeah, just yeah, trying to help him be like dad. Quite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love that so much. What was one of your, what's the greatest success story then in parenting? I was thinking about this. There's like two things that I love so much. So are you familiar with Parenting with Love and Logic? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, a little. It's a been little, a while, yeah. but yeah. So I love it. And it's very like cause and effect, give your kids choices. Uh-huh. Let them feel empowered, because they are. Uh Um, So I felt so successful the first time that I was walking into Trader Joe's, and I had been really working on always giving options. You can Uh do this, or you can do this. You know, you can walk down the hall, or mom can carry you down the hall. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, like, we are going to get my goal met, because we need to go to bed. You know? I love that. You give them choices, but they're what? They're choices that you like. That will work. So every choice is something that you like for them to pick. Yes. Either one will work for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I I had gotten in the habit of doing that, and then we walked into Trader Joe's, and Taylor was, like, three at the time, and he looked up at me, and he goes, Mom, would you like to get a snack first, or would you like to do your grocery shopping first? (laughs) He's taking charge. Yes. I'm now the one giving the choice. Yes. Oh, but that's so awesome. That that's so fantastic. I was yeah, like, yes. totally. That's I'm fantastic. Giving enough options that this is just the norm. Oh, I love that when you can see what you're doing that you're doing intentionally, but you mm-hmm. haven't necessarily discussed with them and they are grabbing a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And 
yes. and, inter- and using it in their own little life. Yeah. That's so great. That's so fun. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And they do. They love those choices. Mm -hmm. It's always tricky trying to come up with the ones that you're... That will work. uh, To make sure you're not giving them one that you're like... Shoot. <laughs> yes, and I, I was, I call Henry the the two year old. I call him option C sometimes oh, because right. I always give him an option A and an option B, uh-huh. and then he always finds an option C that, that I did um, not give him. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I'm like, well, that's hilarious. That might work. Option C. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Yeah, because oh, that's so. See, for those world changers, they want to have, mm-hmm. they want to comply, but they also want to have just a little bit. But also maybe let me throw in my opinion mm-hmm. here, just. Just so you know, I'm still yes. wanting to yes. be a leader. <laughs> and then I said I had two stories, but oh, yeah. I, I want to tell my second story after I've gotten into Ollie a little bit. Oh, Is that okay. Because okay? I have a fun. Yeah. A Absolutely. Fun. Okay, we're going to place mark that so we can come back. Um, so outside of the home, then, so we'll, we'll learn more about more about your life with raising kids and inside the home. Do you have hobbies or things that you like to do on your own outside of the house? Well... I really love to sit and hang out with friends. Oh, yeah. I know it sounds boring, but I just like to sit and talk. No, Jenna loves that about you. Yeah, she is crazy about your family. Jenna is my sister, for anybody listening, and she... she loves hanging out with your family. Just like to sit, yeah. And Jeffrey had this whole long paragraph yesterday about all of his love for Taylor and just all the fun they have together. And so, yes, your family is so sweet, dear to that family. So yeah, I like to do that. I like to run. Oh, fun! Yeah, early in the mornings before anybody's awake in my house, just go out and run with friends. Do you ever enter races just for fun? I do half marathons. Oh wow! So you really, really run. This is not just to try. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank yeah. you. That's probably a really good outlet of just, oh, it that's feels what running so is good. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get out, get fresh air. Especially yeah. here. You've had quite a winter with rain. Yeah. Way more days than not rain. Yeah. I've been seeing statistics posted of like, right. we've had, you know, two and a half days of no rain <laughs> total from the last five months or something. Yes. Gracious. And then my sister said you grew up, when well, you just mentioned earlier that you grew up with all girls. Mm-hmm. You have sisters and three sisters? I have three sisters. Oh my goodness. No so your poor dad. I should interview I him on the podcast you if should. I did. If I, I did men. men. <laughs> How did you survive? He's so outnumbered. Yeah, that's a lot of women in one house. Yeah. Yes. So what was that like growing up? Well, it's funny that you bring up my dad because... After all of us girls started to hit puberty, or around, you know, there's uh-huh. four of us, so we didn't all hit it at one time, but I used to call my dad at work and say, hey, so-and-so just started, or like, oh my gosh, or you like, actually everyone's PMSing right now, and just kind of give him a little heads up, like, <laughs> so watch out, be I careful. I got your back. Yeah. Don't worry, dad. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's oh that. Oh my gosh, well, that would be a real thing. With it, that many oh, women. Oh, yeah. That whole, like, weird cycle uh-huh. thing. Where, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's just... cycled together and then... Just... Oh, man. So a many not long enough for four women. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> He's he like, I don't know when it's safe to come home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phone call was probably just, like, not necessary. I already know. I'm yeah. Just, just every day. <laughs> yeah. And then we would joke, too, that, like, people... I'd, I had to get used to watching sports because my dad wasn't huge on sports, uh-huh. and then he had all girls, so... And none of us were, like, tomboys. None of oh, us. Out of all four. Oh, my gosh. So, um... So we joked that we did watch sports. We watched ice skating, and oh it was awesome. <laughs> you watched ice skating. You gave him that. Yeah. That's your sports dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet he has so many stories. It's It was really funny. Yeah. It was nice to grow up with all sisters. And I like to think of myself as, like... I'm the oldest, so I like to think that I was kind and helped them learn how to grow, but they, my sisters remind me of stories of me, like, outing them, or, my sister was telling me, my baby sister, she Uh was like, remember when we go to Sun River and you try to push my bike over? (gasps) What? (laughs) Oh, no. The devious older sister. (laughs) Wait, I what? I never. That's so mean. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Like. Oh, that's really Isn't that funny. random? Well, I'll leave it to sisters to have the nice yes, long memory. Speaking of, because my sister, mm-hmm. you know, we have oh, differing yeah. opinions on how we look back on it, on our childhood, and I'm sure she thinks that I was more of the bike pusher over than anyone right. suspected. <laughs> so, um, but I feel like maybe I should take this time when she's not here and you're here. Any stories that I miss being over in Idaho and she's here? <laughs> Your sister. Do I have, like, any stories about my sister I need to know oh. about? Hmm. I was wondering about that. And 
I think for the most part, any of the things that we talk about have to be private. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. They're not, they're not radio friendly. They're not, not radio uh, friendly. Or internet friendly. <laughs> but I will say that, um, I will say that your sister is so family friendly in the way, like she's a special ed teacher. Right. I have yeah. a special needs kid. Yeah. So when we go to do something, we just do it. Like it's, she doesn't even think about it. I, I throw all my kids in her car and say goodbye. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? that's so great. So she just takes care of us in such really phenomenal ways. She's not weirded out by anything. Yeah. She carried my kid up a mountain one day while he screamed in her ear the whole time. Oh, that's <laughs> like, the best. Just a true, true friend. Oh, here I was kind of fishing for some dirt on her, but really the truth is, and, and I think what's so great about your friendship, it sounds like, is you, you're that for each other. She talks about you all the time, just... Take it in. Right. Jeffrey's here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's fantastic. And yeah. yeah, she is phenomenal at just, she's just so gifted in that whole, it just in all of that. And Yes. Um, and she's just very good with kids. Yeah. And friends. She's just, yeah. I love how normal it is for her to just share and be shared with, like, you know, yeah. just pass each other's kids back and forth and yeah. parent with one another. You know, yeah. it's just easy. I know. I, I could... I could keep asking, but then I might just get jealous. <laughs> that's how it is when she comes over to my house in the summers for a week yeah. at a time or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is just like this big community of children and parent co-parenting. <laughs> yes. But um, that's wonderful if you can have that with her right here as friends. We need that. We need we need where we can just it's just seamless between families mm-hmm. of swapping kids and helping out and doing favors and yeah that's awesome it is so so helpful oh very just good fun. yeah yeah for sure oh yeah she's good for a good laugh that one that's for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah I keep trying to convince her to come do an interview also so I haven't quite got there yet now you can tell her it's not she that should bad do it. it's yeah. not bad but she could it would be like an open invitation to you know lament about how terrible I was yes. in our childhood oh <laughs> <laughs> she'd have the whole internet as her audience <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's, so let's go, because we've touched on it a little bit now. Let's take a, a minute to talk a, a little bit more about Sweet Ollie. Tell us yeah. about him and what his situation is. And All right. Ollie, I, I had a really regular pregnancy, with, so three boys. He was my second one. And I've had normal pregnancies and so normal natural childbirth, all that stuff. And then we're about to leave the hospital, and the pediatrician she just didn't really like how he was striking this pose. And oh, okay. so she wasn't sure if he was having a seizure or if oh, he was no. just still choking on, like, amniotic fluid and maybe it was no big deal. But it was just enough. I mean, our bags were packed. We were ready to go home. His apgars were fine. Oh, my goodness. So the couple days that you were there, nobody had found anything No. Yeah, we were suspicious. literally about to walk out of the hospital. and the pe- We were just waiting for the pediatrician to sign off. Oh, my goodness. We play a game on, like, try to get out of the hospital as fast as possible. Oh, right. So, yeah. yeah. So we were doing it fast, and the yeah. pediatrician was like, I don't know, I just, I'm a little concerned. I want to send you to the NICU. So we went there to check for seizures. Oh, gosh. And so they did an ultrasound on his head, and they said, great news, he's not having seizures. However, we think he might be missing this part of his brain, and so we want to oh, do another wow. test tomorrow. So. Um, that's called the corpus callosum, and okay. it's the midsection of the brain that connects the left and right hemispheres. And so lots of people are missing this small portion, very small portion of the brain. It's okay. just down the mid midline. And some people, you wouldn't even know they're missing it, but in some, you would. Okay. So anyways, he's, we think he's missing it. We go into an MRI the next day. Yep, he's missing the corpus callosum. So then we were told, you know... Like I said, it's pretty common, not common, but you know, it's not unheard of and people can lead really normal lives with it or they can have some, it can have impact on them. So what you just do is you just take him home and love him and maybe he'll be in like a special reading program at school. Okay. Or maybe he won't do anything at all ever. So just somewhere in between there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're just going to have to wait and see. And like we said, just take him home and love him, treat him like a normal kid and see how it goes. Wow. And um, and then we sent away for some genetic testing, and that was kind of weird. We went on a family vacation. We're floating down Sun River. Oh, yeah. Um, there are a little river in, yeah. in Sun River, and we're floating down there, and I got the call from the geneticist, and it turns out he was missing a part of his 13th chromosome, which is why okay. this abnormality happened in his brain. Wow. So, and you had no idea that this was anywhere in your genetic? No. Lineup. Right. And it turned yeah. out it's a fluke. Oh, okay. Like, it just happened. Which oh is goodness. totally wild when you think about 
how many people are born perfectly healthy. It's like such a specific and careful thing to be created with DNA. You know, it's just wild. So, so yeah, yeah, that was a shock. That was a big shock. And, um, well, and such a range, so much unknown. Yes. Because it's almost the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. To go yeah, from, it, he might just need extra help in reading, <laughs> yeah. to he may have full limitations in all areas. Right, like That's, he might not ever swallow or roll over oh or eat or sit up or walk or anything. He might, he just, yeah, I remember like, <laughs> we, my husband and I processed it pretty differently. I think the endorphins from birth and everything were still just pumping like uh, crazy. Right, so okay. I was like, people were telling me, sit down, sit down, you know, I'm just running around getting... Yeah. Everything we need. My husband was just so ill from trying to figure out what to do with this information because right. it's so scary. Right. And it's so unexpected. Like, I had a great pregnancy. It yeah. was so fun. I really enjoy being pregnant. And then all of a sudden, your whole world is kind of turned upside down. And then it got turned even more upside down because he got progressively sicker and sicker and sicker. We couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Okay. And so he just kept throwing up oh, no. all the milk I would nurse. He would just throw it up. So then they're not thriving. They're not thriving. Yeah, yeah. he was two months old and he was still his birth weight. Oh. And his skin was getting gray and he was just like sallow. Is that the right word? Just Probably, like yeah. gaunt. He looked like oh, Gollum kind of. Yeah. But you don't think that oh, about your own right, baby yeah, until yeah. later on. You look yeah. back at pictures. So, and then the pediatrician I had, he was not very good at thinking outside the box he's just about to retire and so he kept going like well let's just get you up to Portland we'll check in with genetics but I couldn't like we needed to figure out why he was throwing up or what was yeah. happening there you know and so I just this was a total testament to God because I called two different pediatricians to get a second opinion okay. and um first one couldn't see me second one couldn't see me but the second one called me back and said you know what I have 10 minutes if you can make it at this certain time so I went, and in 10 minutes, she had looked him over, decided that he was absolutely not okay, and he needed to be rushed to the hospital close oh, by. Wow. And within, like, six hours, we were rushed by ambulance to a different hospital oh. that could better take care of his needs. Like, that 10 minutes literally saved his life. And there we found out that his kidneys were having issues, and so it just has taken a long time to... I don't know. Get that at that point in his life, it took a long time to get him stable. And then we went home after that hospital visit with a lot more answers for why he was ill, and we had that all cleaned up and yeah. medicine, surgeries in the future planned, all this stuff. And so, that's just so much. So you've you've. I mean, just I'm just trying to process this from having had two yeah. two children in the hospital. That's such a. I don't even know how to say that. It's so. Tenuous anyway, where you just feel like, okay, the privilege of just holding this new life and needing to raise this <clears throat> this whole person and yeah. to go from, I'm ready to pack my bags and go home from a normal pregnancy, normal delivery, everything's testing out fine, to now it may not be fine, to then two months later, my kid can't hold down food and is now being rushed across town in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. How were you, how was, what was happening for you in all of that? Were you, mm-hmm. were you, was it just almost surreal? Like you're, yeah. Part of it was almost surreal. When he was two months old and super sick, that's when I internalized a lot. And I remember being physically ill that whole hospital stay, or the first few days of that hospital stay when it was like touch and go on if he was going to live or not. That was like so hard. And especially I was like just crying out to the Lord, like, what is happening? You know, like, how do, what am I supposed to do? How how do I process this? And and you feel really alone because your best friend's don't even know how to comfort you. Right. Just nobody's experienced that before, yeah. you know? The yeah. older that we get, the more all of our friends have different grieving points in life yeah. that we can kind of relate to one another in yeah. that. But at that point, we were some of the first to... We were pretty young. I would think I was like 25, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's so Yeah, young. I was 25. To deal with all that. And you already have an, a child that you're right, have for a toddler. as well. Yeah. yeah, and he can't come into the hospital only at certain times, and it was two hours away from our hometown, so grandma and grandpa are driving him back and forth. Yeah, that was really tough, but you know what's really neat is, okay, it's two things about that. One is, while I was there, I remember I had my journal, and I would just pray and cry out to the Lord, and 
in the little moments that I could in between all the nurses and doctors. Yeah. And it was a learning hospital, so, so every doctor that came in had like 11 students oh, that gosh. would bring. Oh, my word. Hey, okay. come see this yeah. This great case. Yeah. <laughs> this kid, we can't figure out what's wrong, so everybody oh. come in, every specialist under the sun. But anyway, so in between those times, I would be asking the Lord, I don't care what he can and can't do. It's okay. But can you please, please just make sure that he can connect with people. I just need him to feel love, and I need him to be able to give love. And I just want him to be able to communicate that. Like, that's kind of what gives us meaning in life. And so that was my prayer throughout that time. prayer. It was, and you know, like, God really answered it. Like, anybody that meets Ollie, it's what stands out. Like, he just needs to sit there and give you this look that just says, I love you so much. Oh, that's so and amazing. It's just the sweetest thing. He emanates love. Like, he signs, I love you to strangers all the time. And because wow. I'm his interpreter, I have to look at a stranger and say, I love you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh. Says Ollie. I'm always like, says Ollie. Yeah, Isn't yeah. That weird over there. Yeah. I didn't say that. That's yeah. right. That's so. But he just oh emanates it. And so. I'm what do so people thankful. do in that moment? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I bet you get all the wide range the of wide reactions. Range. Yeah. Half of them just kind of look at the floor <laughs> and are like, oh, you know. And the other half are so cute. They're like, oh, cool. Show me. How do I do that? And they get oh, their that's hands so out. Great. Yeah. Let me figure out how to get their fingers working well and we'll come back to that too just the whole I have I have two kids that are visually impaired and just there's probably a lot of learning that can that you can help people know what the most appropriate way Mm -hmm. is to interact and all of that but it reminded me before then speaking of when you said our friends didn't really know what to do what was the most helpful for you in that immediate crisis grief Mm -hmm. unknowns Mm -hmm. big big diagnosis out of the blue what was the most helpful for you in that time for me personally, it was, I loved when people would reach out and just ask how I was doing. Okay. Or, you know, I didn't have an answer if they said, how can I help you? That's just, there's just no decision making power at that point in life, you yeah. know. But um, people just saying, I'm thinking of you. How's it going? And I used Facebook heavily at that time and I would give updates each day because you know, we're trying to figure out why he was throwing up all food and we didn't know why he was so sick. So each day we had a new doctor diagnosis you know okay. or we saw this person today so it was helpful to commune in that way and I just love questions I have friends that have special needs kids and they don't always love questions I'm like why not oh. like I just love that people would be curious and I mean people are curious that's yeah. just true across the board but to have people that are willing to put themselves out there and say so what's this about or like yeah. how is he or enter your world yes in. enter yeah. in I just love that yeah so. okay does that um, answer your question yeah no absolutely <clears throat> and so then what did that do to your faith at that moment yes okay I was trying to remember my second point in oh, there. okay yes, so that's that is my second point I was really asking God how could you create him like this? You know, uh, like, yeah. you knit me together yeah. in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. What? The... Yeah. What? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. How? Now, I only... And so I felt like he really answered me. And this is just very personal to me. So take it as you wish, yes. you know? Yeah. But in all kindness, I felt like he said, Amanda, it's not like you were created so perfectly yourself. Oh. And he didn't mean it mean. Yeah. He was just saying, like, yes, Ollie has physical limitations. This whole world, I mean, everybody's born with limitations in some area, whether it be emotional or physical, like, whatever. Like, people are created not not fully functioning all the time, you know? And I do believe that our journey with the Lord can be one of fulfillment where we get to grow healthier and we get to have less limitations by connecting with him and growing but but I really it was just such a nice moment where I was like oh okay that's fair yeah Yeah. (laughs) touche that's so interesting because while our stories are I'm sure night and day different that was the same thing that I used to tell my kids all the time growing up everybody has something Mm -hmm. everybody has something Mm -hmm. this is how you were made this is who you are this is a part of you but Everybody has something, right. and we're all just going to, you know, it'll give you more empathy, or it'll help you. Right. It just, God will right. use your story. Totally. He'll write a story that's unique for you, and we all have something. Yep. 
I 100% believe that, and I love it. And also another thing was it was so scary, and as much as I did cry out to the Lord in the hospital, I also didn't feel super connected during that time. Yeah. I was, and later on, once we were out of the woods, I was looking back on that. I was like, where were you? What? What? Yeah. And I and then I felt like he had given me this vision, like he was actually just standing there right in the room with us as the family receiving the news from the doctors, you know, and kind of taking it all in with us. And that was really powerful because it just reminded me that he is actually always with us. You just don't always feel him. And you know, that whole thing about Jesus being really empathetic and knowing how we feel, it brought that to like a deeper revelation where I was like, oh yeah. He was not super excited when the geneticist up at Dornbecker told us that he might not live very long or, you know, and it's fine to say that, but it's just, it hurt, you know? And so he hurt with us in it. That's been true for us too, where it's maybe not till later that you see Mm -hmm. the evidence of his hand carrying you through something. And those are so faith, that's such, so those are faith building moments for me when, you can look back and say, yeah. okay, but none of this could have been a coincidence. Your hand was so specifically right. evident, but maybe not till later down the road. But yeah, he is so faithful that way. So, okay, so then so then, how did you get past that initial crisis then? He's, he's not eating. He's not holding things down. You've been sent to all the specialists. What happened then after that to get him stabilized and on a path to where he is now with his health? Well, his kidneys have been having some issues because there was his ureters were malformed. Okay. And those are the tubes that go from your kidneys down to your bladder. Ah, right. They're created in such a way, for most of us, in a way that the bladder keeps stuff down there and it doesn't let things back up. Ah, but right. for him, everything was flushing in and oh, out, back and yeah. forth. So there was no cleanliness. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just was, like, always sick. His kidneys were always full of and his bladder just they were full of disease basically so but we got him on antibiotics and then he had a surgery at a year old that fixed oh that oh my gosh so that's so scary all yeah. of this is so much we're condensing it down <laughs> into this tiny narrative but that's right. there's so much emotion sending your baby to go have surgery and right be under yeah. anesthesia and- right yeah all of it was scary but it was also just I was thankful to stop doing antibiotics every day right <laughs> that's scary in itself yeah um and then, so he was healthy, and then we, we realized that he was a complex kid. And so we just went to our doctor and said, obviously he's very complex, the new doctor that saved his life, you know? Right, okay. Um, yeah, you're definitely going back to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She is the best. Yeah, yeah. or her, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You saved my kid, yeah. I pick you. <laughs> yes. And she's, yeah, um, she's wonderful. And so she, um, so she just started sending us to every specialist, and we just go get checked out by every specialist. And so at six months, we found out he was deaf. Total sh- shock, because deaf children oftentimes use all the other senses, you know, four out of five. Yeah in a very heightened way because they've learned exactly. to adapt to their yeah. situation. So I was floored and upset when I found out he was Well, deaf. and he got through so many tests of that, too. They do hearing tests in the hospital, They right? do hearing tests in the hospital, yeah. but he failed it. But we had a friend who has a hearing child that failed it because it's very common to okay. fail it also because of okay. fluid. And our little game of trying to get out of the hospital very quickly. Ah, uh, okay. You know, they... It was very high chance for us in our minds that he just had fluid in his ears and he could hear us. Okay. Isn't that funny? Yeah, wow. Ugh. So testament to <laughs> yeah. pay attention right. to your newborn hearing screening. Right. We could have known before, but we just didn't. We lived kind of in a little... We had a lot. We had a lot we, going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 So then the hearing loss was a new thing and we had to decide if he was going to get cochlear implants because he was severe to profoundly deaf. I thought that those were very rude ways to explain a deaf person. It turns out it's just medical terminology. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're like, can we rewrite that phrase? (laughs) Just say like three to four or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's like, how rude. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so then we had to decide if, then we decided that he would get cochlear implants if he was a candidate, which he turned out to be, which then there were two more surgeries to tack on to his little body. And we also really wanted to give him language immediately so we started learning sign language right away and so then the whole family it sounds like is learning sign language to be able to communicate yeah we'd have like the early interventionists you know teachers that go to people's homes the early interventionists they would come and 
we do a dinner time meeting so that grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles could all come and learn sign language together. Oh, and they were on board with that? Yeah, we have a very that's supportive so family. incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful to just have your It whole really family. was. Yeah. Like what you're saying with your boys, you know, you were just created this way yeah. and you're going to have an impact yeah. because of this. Either God will heal you or this will be used for something good. Right. And I mean, the love and support that yeah. we've received... I mean, that's so that's such a just, visible showing of love to be learning sign language totally. and, and communicating that way. Yeah. That's really sweet. It's very, that's very wonderful. sweet. That's yeah. wonderful. Okay, fear. Mom and fear is a big real thing when you have, by all medical standards, healthy children. Right. It is. It's a real, it's mm-hmm. a real thing. So then, though, to go from that already place of fear over will my kid be okay through all of life, you know, are they going to mm-hmm. injure themselves in some way? Am I going to keep track of them? Now you have legitimate cause for fear with these surgeries and Mm -hmm. unknown diagnosis. So how did you deal with that? Like, Mm because you can't just lose sleep in fear every day of your life and still be a functioning parent for... Mm -hmm. That is so true. I mean, there's a part of me that I feel like was trusting the Lord that whatever happened was going to be okay. So if he lived, that was awesome for me. If he died... That was awesome for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. heaven's not a bad place to hang out. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I would just miss him forever yeah. until I got to see him again. So there was a part of me that was like, it just is what it is. I don't have that much control over it. So how did you get there? How did you get to where you could surrender that outcome? Because the truth is, we think we have control to protect our kids. Right. We don't. But we think yeah. we do. Right. In that situation, how did you get to where you could actually legitimately surrender the outcome? Well, and let me say also, I don't always do that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Go in and out of there. Yeah. But I think probably on the ambulance ride, it was a two-hour ambulance ride. Oh, gosh. And I wasn't allowed to nurse. I wasn't allowed to touch him. I wasn't allowed to do anything. Everything was out of my hands, and I just had to let it be. And so to be given what I considered a second chance at his life, because without that, he would have died, like, I'm certain, (laughs) you know? So I felt like the second chance was just not like deserved or earned or anything. Oh, yeah, just right. The just reality playing. of yeah, it, though. That the reality of it, yeah. Wow. Was like, you just, you get today. That's just, and, and and being at Dornbecker for eight days was just such a reality. And you see all the children around you, and yeah. children die of cancer yeah, daily. Right. You know, just things that should not be, still are. Yeah. And so I think just... Being thankful for what we have today is kind of what made me feel that way. Like, I remember driving home from the hospital, elated, just so excited. Like, I don't care what happens. I just want to be together. I just want to, like... Yeah, because even then, at two months old, we didn't know what he would or would not do. And and so I just wanted to be together. And so it's a huge gift to be able to be together. I feel like it kind of gave me a little bit extra strength and extra oomph to firmly believe in my soul that that like life is in God's hands which really feels only possible through going through the muck of it yeah you know but other times I still like you know we've been working with his kidneys again so far they're okay but we might need to care about them in his future and so or we might need to tend to them in his future and so that kind of gets me all boiled up again and I'm like what right because Nobody else has to deal with yeah. a kid that might yeah. die young. Like, this oh, is so... Gosh. I hate this. Right. Um, yeah. So I do have those times, of too. And then we swing back and, like, okay. And each day is a gift. Well, and it sounds like just being able to honestly communicate that with God, like, mm-hmm. that you have this freedom to have these dialogues with him of saying, yeah. okay, yes, I know you're in control, but also this really stinks right now. Mm-hmm. And having yes. the freedom to... I really love entering in to whatever circumstance it is like basically the pain and yeah. Brene Brown have you heard of yeah, her yeah oh, I love her she just talks about vulnerability and just showing up yeah. and being honest with where you're at and yeah. so I feel like so often I meet parents with special needs kids that are so shying away from the reality of their circumstance that it it makes it hard to make any headway or any okay. growth or, you know, really huge advancements yeah. for them or their child because it just hurts so bad you just can't go there, right. you know? I've talked yeah. to people that 
they can't even say that their child has cerebral palsy because because they just don't want to think about it. It hurts, but I feel like when you enter into that pain, the Lord's able to meet you there. Okay, so speaking of that, because you just touched down on a really huge part of your story is that now you have so much compassion for anybody walking a similar path with uh, children with special needs. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how you are trying to help people connect with their story and acknowledge what's happening and find resources to navigate through that. Tell us about how what what that part of your life. Well, um, I have two areas. I always have two. <laughs> okay. Um, two areas. One is I work for a nonprofit. Okay. Um, it's a Hands and Voices uh-huh. nonprofit organization, and they support families that have kids with hearing loss. Okay. And so that's my super part-time job I mentioned. Yeah, And it's like yeah. 15 hours a month. It's not very much time, but, but I just get to call and connect with families as soon as they found out that their child has hearing loss. Wow. And I get to call and say, I'm just checking on you. want to make sure you know about the resources and educational components that are available. Plus, just so you know, I have a child that's deaf, and I've been there. Oh, that's amazing. I love that job. I really love that job. And so. I bet even if they aren't in an emotional place to take you up on your resources at that moment, I bet just knowing that somebody is on the other side of the line that can mm-hmm. connect them down the road if they want and at least understands, that has to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, because it didn't, it wasn't really happening in my town very strongly when I found out Ollie was deaf. Okay. So I found, because I seek that, you know, my yeah. favorite thing is to sit with yeah. people. Yeah. So I found a friend of a friend of a friend who had raised a deaf girl 30 years ago, much oh, different wow. age, age gap, but still she yeah. could like relate with me. So I remember talking to her and it was so impactful to not feel alone. And so I just, I love to help families connect with other families. And even I realize sometimes meeting Ollie and my family might actually scare them. And it's not the best idea to introduce them to Ollie, but I know that they want to meet a deaf and hard of hearing young girl that's thriving in school. And so I'll find that for them and then they'll meet together. And I never, ever, like, shadow Ollie because he's a delight and we're a part of it, you know. But I just know that sometimes families need to meet somebody that... They're, they're aiming to be like, yeah. you know, or they want to see the hope of what their child can be. And well, so, right, because that's all part of the whole just accepting what's happening. Because I remember that when my kids were little, too, they would take yeah. me to some services for them that were so far past what I needed. It was so overwhelming yes. to me. Yeah. But at the same point, I did need to acknowledge that there was a place out there for me to go seek help if I needed it. Right. And, um, yeah. 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 It totally touches on that. Yeah. yeah. So wow. that's one area. And then I also, I started a blog. It's called Because of Ollie. Oh, um, okay. And Ollie is O-L-L-I-E, yes. right? So for yeah. anybody that's wanting to check that out, which I can't wait to go do, becauseofollie.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank very you. Fun. Yes. Um, and I just write on there about special needs and hearing loss. One of my favorite stories, your sister was here for this party. Okay. Um, I put it on my blog. So Ollie is seven years old, and he just learned how... He was just potty trained, like, oh, a few months ago. yay. I remember I saw some of her oh. pictures, but I do want people to tell this story. That's yeah. so exciting. Yay, Ollie. Yeah. yeah, it was so exciting. And when I changed poopy diapers... That's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, and a big years, child. Yeah, and, yeah, and a big child bigger. is different yeah. than a little, little yeah. baby or a little toddler, even. Yeah. And there was times, honestly, like... Poopy diapers was sometimes just the end of me. Like, I just couldn't hang anymore. Yeah, Yeah, I just, Mm -hmm. just, like, lose my cool. And and I, so I would get, I would go to this happy place in my mind. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Changing the poopy diaper. And I think, if I ever didn't have to do this... I would throw I would a have party. Arrived. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I throw a party. I would throw a party, nice. and I would invite all my friends, and we would all drink and eat food <laughs> and have fun. That's amazing. And so we did it. So you did. We did it. And what did you call it? You had some fun names. It was called too. the poop party. Well, there you go. That's the best. And did it have like the little emoji? Oh like yeah. You so had I made the... like a chocolate cake. That was the poop emoji. It was very big. And then I made so like a hundred poop emoji. Uh, cupcakes, oh and we had gosh. toilet paper as the crepe paper all over, and That's we did like amazing. oh it was amazing. We had fun drinks and we had gourmet grilled cheese sandwiches, 
And did and you have to kind of invent all of this, or is there actually like a Pinterest section that is dedicated? I had dedicated? to invent it. <laughs> I was always like so blowing up the poop emoji on my phone to yeah. get like the right look of everything. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. It was so fun. We had games, prizes, like about 60 people came. Oh my gosh. It was that's amazing when the poop fun. emoji is at your top used <laughs> emojis. <laughs> yeah. That's so people fun. People would be like, what? Yeah. I'm like, do you want to come to Ollie's poop party? <laughs> Yes, what is it? Yeah. Like, well, Ollie is potty drained. That is so... And did he love this? Oh, he loved it. Oh, so I bet. I always thought that I'd throw a party and only my friends would know what we were doing. Uh-huh. But it would be too embarrassing. Oh, okay. But Ollie has no shame in any of it. He, like, loves it. Oh. So he knew what it was. He was happy, which is why we did all the poop emojis. And yeah. That's yeah. fantastic, so that's and I love the toilet paper, crepe paper. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Streamers. That's it hilarious. Was beautiful. That's <laughs> so fun, and that just again, you know, he sees he's got his people, his community yes. of people that are crazy about him. Right. That'll even come out and celebrate at a totally. poop party. That's amazing. So that is something that I write about on my blog. It just comes out in my nature all the time. Is I just want people to find community. Yeah. Whether it's online. Or hopefully online translates into something into their community because we are, I feel like our family is pretty healthfully thriving right yeah, now. Yeah. At least emotionally and spiritually, you know? Yeah. And so, but I think it's because we have your sister, Jenna, and yeah. we have good friends at church, and we have great friends in the community and at school, and we know we have very difficult meetings for Ollie, and they suck. Yeah. And... They're really productive, and we all love one another at the end. Yeah. Like, we have this great community around us. I just can't speak any more highly. I feel so thankful yeah. for the community that I talk a lot about that on the blog, just yeah. how to do it and what does that look like. And So speaking of that then, too, what is some of the encouragement that you would have for other mamas raising kids with special needs? You obviously just mentioned community being a huge aspect of mm-hmm your family's ability to thrive. What else, what other encouragement would you have for for mamas that are maybe feeling overwhelmed or, like you said, not able to connect fully, mm-hmm. verbally, right. able to process that? I think that finding safe people to be loved by is so, so huge. Like for my husband and I, I we have some really close friends that we have sat with and like kind of like laid out our dirty laundry, stuff that like shame could totally do a number on you. Because shame is so powerful to, you know. And so we kind of, we have these friends that we've been able to, that we know we've identified as safe people. And we just talk to them throughout our stuff. And it's embarrassing sometimes. It's hard and it's awkward and all these things. But we have these very crucial conversations that in the end, we get to see that they still love us in our weakest, dirtiest moments. And that we can love them in their weakest, dirtiest moments, you know. And then... We can just kind of like pick up and keep going. It sounds too simple, honestly, but I think it's had such an impact on us. Having friends that are capable of loving us through the thick and the thin has been really powerful and impactful. So I would encourage any parents that have a special needs kid, I mean anybody in the whole world, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) But to find people that you want to go deep with and you want to be vulnerable with and, and, you know, that will stick in it with you. Yeah. I think that's always the scariest thing is, you know, how how far can I, how much can I ask of my friend yeah. to love me, you know, when I know that I'm starting to be a little exhausting. Because I feel comfortable doing that to my husband. Yeah. He's stuck with me. Like, yeah. this is what, <laughs> this yeah. is what we're doing. Right. But to ask friends to do the same, we've, we've been very fortunate to have friends that are really willing to love us through, the, through all of it. Yeah. So that's wow. been a big deal. My dad loves the book Crucial Conversations. Oh, okay. He bought me two different books of that same thing. And it's just a big proponent of sitting down and talking with people about those tough things. Because the reality is is that raising a kid with special needs is difficult. It's really hard. Yeah. And everybody has different ideas on what the best thing is. And everybody, when you talk to the school, they might not come out and say it, but everybody has different funding options Uh, for how to handle kids. Okay. And so... If you can enter in, so there's that word again, entering in, when you're able to have respect for the people that are sitting there with you and the places that they come from with their own realities and their own truths about a situation, but you can sit there and disagree with respect and kindness, then you really can make a lot of progress 
for kids that have special needs or kids yeah. that need to a 504 plan or an IEP, you know, special cases where we have to figure it out a little yeah. bit differently. So yeah. I really encourage parents to just enter in yeah. and sit there and find out the key people you need to talk to and do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing we may want to say is that you live a life of surrounded by kids and people and we're, you're in a transition point. So as we wrap up this interview, if we're hearing background noise, that's real life. We got kids in the background, <laughs> we got doors opening and cars driving by and that's, that's all good. But I really want to hear the rest of what you have to say. I'm so, I'm so moved by your story and your heart for taking your own experience and then giving resources away to other people to help them through their, what, what their particular story is. And, um, so as we are needing to wrap up soon, one thing I'm kind of curious about because it ties into my experience a little bit, but I remember when my kids were little and first they, they had nystagmus, which is where their eyes kind of go involuntarily back and forth. And so as a baby, when they're being pushed around in the strollers, especially the ones that the car seats fit in. And so they're facing up and, everybody's their babies are magnets for everyone's attention so all the people are hovering down over their their car seat stroller looking and saying oh this you know cute baby and then as soon as they would see their eyes move back and forth then suddenly well what are they looking at or you know some comment that was well intended oh my goodness people are well intended I don't I'm not accusing any stranger of trying to make me cry in the middle of Fred Meyer but <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> sometimes people in, in an absence of understanding what it feels like to be on the other side of those questions or the one trying to figure out life with that scenario going on, what advice do you have for two things? Number one, how people can best engage with you about your life. And, you know, like you said, this is who we are and we're going to talk about it, but what's the best way for them to address you? And then also to address your sweet Ollie too. I can still relate to that Fred Meyer story. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember being really thankful when Ollie finally got a wheelchair because oh, he couldn't walk for quite okay. a long time. And then once he got the wheelchair, I was like, it's obvious. Oh, you know, right. there was less yeah. questions because before you're carrying an oversized child, yeah. you know, and that didn't make any sense to people. And I remember one time we were hiking down a mountain and I had Ollie on my back. And uh -huh. He was like four years old probably. And I should be proud of that. You know, that's a big kid. Yeah. But somebody on their way up was like, Oh, why don't you let your kid walk? It's like, ugh. oh, I'm not even gonna give that one well intended. That's just rude. Know. <laughs> you know, it's you. Why don't I just punch you in the face? I know. Is what I exactly. say. <laughs> can I say that online? Yeah, you can say that. I've never punched anybody in the face. No, but that oh. would make me want to. Yes, oh but it's just Eugene, and they like to. We're all outdoorsy, yeah. and we are all about free spirited children running up mountains and picking daisies. So. Yeah. So in their mind, so you were restraining yeah. your child from right. their freedom that yes. they deserve. Oftentimes, oh I word. think back on that. I'm like, I wish I had said, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you replayed that one a few yes. times with all the sarcastic comments. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I think that most of the time, the sarcastic comments um, from people, not sarcastic com from them, but like when people have something to say that's just so snide, uh -huh. I, those are the ones that bug me. Yeah. But whenever somebody is well-intended, uh -huh. I always feel taken care of. You know, like, it's okay. okay that they don't know how to handle me and Ollie. And sometimes I guess it is tiring. Yeah. Because you just wish that it wasn't so hard. I remember feeling bad for everybody. Like, they're all kind of, like, darned if they do and darned if oh, they don't. Right. You yeah. know, because if you look at him then you're staring. If you don't look at them and you don't open a door for a mom with a wheelchair kid, like, yeah. then you're being rude because yeah. you didn't notice us. And like, oh, the poor public. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. And it probably depends on the day, too. Because I know there were some days where I could handle certain things and some days that I just was not yes. in the mood. So. Yeah. But I think that, like I said earlier, people are just curious. And so if, if we can be... If us as parents and kids like Ollie, if we can be really gracious towards people, yeah. then it makes our culture much more apt to asking, you know, like, oh, how come he's in a wheelchair? Or he looks like he can hear me. Does he want to say anything? Does yeah. he talk with his mouth? Or, you yeah. know, and which lets me say, oh, actually, he, he uses sign language, but he can hear you. You're totally right, yeah. you know. Yeah. I love when kids ask questions because it's so harmless. Yeah, right. And straightforward. They probably teach the way better than adults, yeah. actually. Because yes. kids really are just, if they're curious, they're going to ask. Right. And 
Yeah. Um, and as an adult, I feel awkward too. Like I have a friend who has a, an adult child that has cerebral palsy. He's made it through high school. He might even be doing part of college. I don't know, but he cannot verbalize. Okay. And he oftentimes will look over to the side. Uh-huh. And I found myself talking like, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, are you having a good day? Just sweet and yeah. sappy like a five-year-old. Oh, gosh. That's not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> right. So. Yeah. It's learning. It is. I'm and sorry, I did not have a great answer for that no, one. No, but that's so good because what you're saying is it's better to try to engage than to be not knowing what to do and disengage. And Absolutely, yes. Pretend like nothing's happening and I don't need to open the door for you. You're saying, see right. us, just see us. And if yes. you're curious, you can ask me. Yes. Um, and I always really appreciated when people would engage my children and not talk to me about my children as if my children couldn't hear. Right. Um, which, in your case, I know physically there's there's a, the hearing component doesn't match but just the engaging him as a yes as a person that is worth engaging with I wanted people to talk to all of us right and engage all of us yes I can just picture I love it when strangers or people that we know will get down at eye level with Ollie and ask him questions yeah because I mean the worst that could happen is that he can't answer and so I step in and help him answer you know but I think that's such a good point to engage the kids because then they know that they're valued as people Mm -hmm. like everybody else ought to be valued as people and we're going to treat everybody with respect and dignity and yeah um, you know probably just looking people in the eye yeah goes a long way yeah and I know that's even hard for me sometimes if I'm not quite sure how to approach someone but there's never any harm done in looking somebody in the eye yeah you know saying I see you yeah you Right. Whatever your whole situation is. Right. Um, Yeah. Disability or non-disability. Right. Like you said, we all have our stuff, so we're, yeah, looking everybody in the eye as, hey, you you matter. Yes. You have value. You have value. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I feel like that's the biggest thing is, like, sometimes in the hearing loss world, there's this discrepancy over if hearing loss is a disability or not. Oh. Um. And if you have a healthy kid that only has hearing loss, it can be really offensive to have your kid be called disabled because of just needing hearing aids. Okay. But I have found because of Ollie, like the word disabled is no big deal to me. So I think this is my big takeaway is that in this world, we all have limitations. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter, you know, especially in God's kingdom, I'd say Ollie's ace in it and it is the healthiest individual I know because he loves and gives love freely and receives love. He's just safe, you know? And so, I mean, according to our culture, he's not going to make very much money probably. And, you know, there's all these limitations, but we all have limitations. So whether we're all disabled or none of us are disabled, we just are, you know, and we're all valuable I think that's what gives us all, like me, the ability to look people in the eye and care about them. Wow. Wherever they're at. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Um, well, let's, since we are on sort of borrowed time here, let's, uh, I, I'm not even going to let you off the hook for the so close stories. Even though we don't know each other, I feel like I can never, this is just my favorite thing to ask my guests. (laughs) Do you have... Do was so close where you're just on mm. track to, like, that almost was great, and then at the mm-hmm. last second, oh, I'm so close. I do. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, well, yeah. I just can't wait. I'm so excited about this, because now I'll feel like we're even better okay. friends. Okay, okay, yes. <laughs> so, I had just, it was just recently, well, one, I probably have 80. Okay. But, you know, my most well, recent good. one, yes, is that I went on a trip for four days to Georgia, like all the way across the states. Oh, wow. It was all about hearing loss convention, and it was great. And then I came home, and the very next day, I was going to just have to get the whole house in order. And the next day after that, I was going to drive Ollie up for a bunch of doctor's appointments to Portland, two hours away, same hospital that he had been to when he was two months old. So we go up to Portland. We have, like, three different appointments. I bring Henry along. It's wild and crazy, yeah. and I get all my stuff done. And I'm like, and the next day I'm going to have to leave. I have a meeting that night at home, and then I have to leave the next day for three days of therapy. Like, it oh was my. schedule okay. overload, yeah. you know? And so I was kind of stressed out, but I was handling it, and I'm just going to get it all done, and it's okay, and I'm a mom, and I've missed my kids for four days. I'm going to love them and be with them and just soak it all in. And so then on the way back from Portland, 
I got a flat tire because I ran over a piece of metal. In the oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I pulled to the side of the road, and this man comes out of nowhere. No oh, car, no. no nothing. I was like, I, what? Feeling slightly unnerved, you know? Yeah. Super nice. Helps me get the spare on. It was okay. I kept thinking, like, yeah. nobody murders anybody on I-5. That doesn't happen. <laughs> right. You're fine. Yeah. So, and I've got the two kids in the car. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, ones that don't know safety A boundaries yet. vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. And so, anyways, I keep my cool. And then we go to Les Schwab. We have to wait two hours, but it's okay. I keep my cool, and we go grocery shopping. And oh, heavens. While, with a wheelchair and bags oh my gosh. out, walking, yeah. you know, a couple blocks to the grocery store so I don't waste any time. <laughs> and I'm still keeping my cool, and I'm so proud of myself. And then we get a new tire, and we get on the road, and I still am so composed, and then, but I'm feeling a little bit like, ooh, you didn't see that piece of metal on the road, because you were probably, like, tending to the kids in the back. Okay. That's not very safe. You need to be safer. Focus okay. on the road. Doesn't matter how much the kids are vying for your attention. Focus on the road. Uh-huh. And Ollie opens up, started to open up the side door of the van, <gasps> and we're going, like, 70 miles an hour. And so it's not going to open all the way because the vans are not created to do that in motion. But I can hear the wind whistling around, you know? Oh, my gosh, right. So I lose it. Like, Oh, that was just the tipping point. (laughs) Oh, no. All these words. Oh, no. no. But I was looking at Henry, and he's asleep. Oh, right. So, you know, the the parrot's not going to parrot that. (laughs) And Ollie, he uses sign language, so. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't taught him those signs. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I lose it so bad. I have not lost it. But I'm screaming. Just screaming at Mike. Like, sit down. What are you doing? That's not safe. Freaking out. So close. So close. I was so close. You almost made it through all of those things. I know. It would have been a miracle even just without the flat tire, you know? But I right. even aced the flat tire. Oh, but I, I feel like so that was probably close. brewing. It was. It was that totally whole day. Brewing. All the stress. <laughs> Knowing that we were leaving the next day for yeah. more, like, extensive stuff. Yes. Oh, and probably we all could let ourselves have permission to just have a moment like that. Yes. And really, you kind of got a free pass in that... Your one child was sleeping, and your oldest yeah. child wasn't there, and right. your other child yes. doesn't know those words. Right, yes. <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, and I think uh, I just knew it, too. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have had a little more self-control, but... Oh. Yeah. I, I did have to call a better. friend. Yeah. I just <laughs> totally screamed. <laughs> this just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So close. So close. That's yep. such a good story, though, because we all feel that at times. hmm Like... I'm, I'm, my pressure point is rising. Yes, I'm boiling, I'm boiling. <laughs> oh, and what I know of you, you're just sweet and gracious, yeah. and that probably was so just unlike your... I know, I don't usually talk like that. I don't usually scream. <laughs> Generally, you're a trucker. I don't scream. <laughs> I talk, I just talk very sweet. <laughs> So now you know, under extreme pressure, you turn into a, you know, a trucker. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Words you didn't even know that you had Mm -hmm. just right there. Oh, that's so funny. Have you seen that t-shirt? It's like, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, that's so fantastic. I love that somebody made a t-shirt that says that. I know. (laughs) so funny. I kind of want it. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. And I have loved this. Thank you so much again for just taking your time. So as we close, what encouragement, since the point of the podcast is just showing up to your life, the life that God has in front of you, and we can think that that should look a certain way. We could think we have to have some big platform to live out our purpose. But in reality, when we just show up to the life God put in front of us with intention, he can do amazing things through that. What do you, what encouragement do you have for people just waking up every day and living out their purpose? I think something that helps me tremendously in that is spending some time with the Lord most mornings or as many times as I can to just be quiet and sit with him. Yeah. And then just reading about stories in the Bible where people have so much purpose. You don't see it though. They wouldn't have seen it in their normal life. Yeah. You just get to read about it because yeah. you see it in the end, you know, at the end of their story. Or... Right. Isn't that incredible? And yes. how many times that happens? All the time. Yeah. 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 So I really, I find myself, every once in a while I find myself kind of bored with the Bible or just different things and I open it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such a wealth of information that when we just show up yeah. and sit with the Lord and are engaged with God and connected to Him, He helps us 
just live out our day to day with purpose. Yeah. And so no matter how small it seems, it's not really small if it's a part of God's master plan. Right. You know? and, and then the next thing you know, you're on the phone 15 hours a month encouraging families right. to keep pressing through their circumstance and connecting them with resources and writing a blog that's encouragement from the life that you're living and the yes. story God's writing for you. Yes. Like, just take it and and if you don't like it, wrestle with it. Yeah. Wrestle with the Lord about it. Be very honest with how upset you are yeah. because then... He's going to show up. He's going to show up and be a light to you and be able to walk you through it. And my husband and I talk a lot about how we don't know that we would really change Ollie's predicament because of the wealth that has come from it. I mean, yes, yes, we would choose to have our son be whole, his physical, mental, you know, like what parent wouldn't. Yeah. However, like, oh gosh, if you talk about the kingdom of God and like all the cool things that happen, it'd be hard to give up so much growth in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, so. That's what I love so much is how God is such a redemptive God. Yeah. And so while we live in a fractured, broken world, this is not our home and we forget that sometimes. We expect everything to just be fine. If we love Jesus, our whole life should be fine. But we live in a fractured, broken world. That is our reality. However... He sees us in that, and He knows us, mm-hmm. and He redeems those things mm-hmm. to bring about things we could have never yes. seen or known otherwise. Yes. And I love what you just said, because when God comes and redeems us, it's so authentic. So it's, I think the biggest thing is really allowing ourselves to be honest with where we're at, because if we're honest with the pain, He's honest with His compassion and His redemption, yeah. and then we can honestly go and help others. Sometimes in our Christian lives, we love to, like, be super Christians yeah. and fake our way through everything, yeah. and that doesn't work in the long run, right. you know? Why do we do that? It does nobody any favors. I it doesn't know. do ourselves any favors, and it doesn't do others. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's it's such a good silly. reminder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is so fun. Well, I, um, really quick before we go, do you have any books that you've been reading? Just recently, I finished The Nightingale. Oh, my goodness. I loved that book. All of it was very painful. It was so sad. It was so sad. But, like, love wins, I feel like, in all of it. So I loved that book. that was really good. And then, on a day-to-day basis, I really love the book Jesus Calling. Well, it's a devotional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my mom loves that. I love it. That's so great. Very fun. Well, this has been so fun. And I just thank you for taking time out of a busy, full life and making time for this interview and I really hope people go check out your blog at because of Ollie yep. right O-L-L-I-E because of Ollie.com and oh my goodness I just hope for anybody listening if you have a similar situation or something you're curious about I please feel free to write in I'm sure we could connect you to them and I would love that um, it yes. sounds like that's what you love to do is mm-hmm. help people just navigate a lot of uncertainty and help them find the right resources to best move forward so thank you so much thank you for having me yeah have a good day all right thanks well i hope you enjoyed meeting amanda as much as i did i was so inspired by her ability to take life as it comes find joy in the now and surrender her kids fully to the lord if you want to know more about her and the work she's doing to encourage others you can visit her over at her blog at becauseofolly.com and, as always, I welcome you to strike up a conversation with me over at my blog at julieturnermusic.com in the comments section. Maybe you're in a season of having to trust God with big question marks. Or maybe you, too, have a child with special needs and want to find community. Whatever's on your mind, please feel free to leave me a comment in the comments section. Or you can always connect with me via my email at info at julieturnermusic.com. I'd love to hear what Amanda got you thinking about. Well, have a great week, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.